What's up? How are you, Britt? I am great. Wait, which Brit? <laughs> right? I am <laughs> outnumbered. Oh my God. I, need another I was like, mm. uh. <laughs> I need Brit one and Brit two. There we go. Brit one be Brit Holloman. <laughs> thing one, thing two vibe. That's right. That's right. Well, I mean, both. How are both of y'all? Um, I, I can't complain. It's a Tuesday and I've been getting a lot more stuff done. I've been, uh, refining my discipline a little bit because it can, when you work from home and you're a full-time coach, like it can feel like every day is the same, uh, in a way. And you get, you can get kind of complacent, like, especially when things are slow right now, right. We're approaching the holidays. Things are a little bit slow for every coach. I would say, um, around this time of year, normally some people are rock stars and have inquiries all year round, but right now it's pretty slow for me personally. So I've been like waking up later, going to sleep later, playing too many video games. And I'm like, you know what? Like you need to get yourself together and go to sleep at like 10 and wake up at seven like usual. Um, so I've been doing, I've been a lot of refining that because the past couple of weeks, especially as the sun's not been out, I notice I tend to stay in bed a little bit longer and I need to stop doing that. So I've been refining my discipline this week, which feels really nice. I'm like super motivated. So I love that. I love that. What about you, Britt? Other Britt? <laughs> Other Britt. Um, yeah, same. Honestly, I'm doing really good. I also experienced that same struggle when winter starts to roll around. The sun just isn't there. <laughs> it's just non-existent, especially in Utah. It's so dark and so cold during the winter. Um, so yeah, honing in on that foundation and like really relying on um, the discipline that I've built is like the only thing that gets me through the winter season. So I'm feeling better about this upcoming winter season because of that. I feel like I have a game plan in place, um, but I'm really good. Dude, honestly, I experienced a little bit of a slump last week because, you know, when you're just like working, working, working either towards a goal or your career, and then you do reach that point where you're like, oh my gosh, I've hit some milestones. Like I've had some really great things come to fruition and they kind of all happened at once. Like I got engaged. I started my podcast. I did a big speaking event in front of more people than I definitely was comfortable with. And um, I went fully online with coaching. And so it was like amazing, right? But then you kind of hit that. It's almost like the post-show blues or the post-concert blues when you see somebody that you really love. Okay. And I was like, oh, oh God, now what? Now what? <laughs> New goals are set and I'm feeling good and motivated and excited. So I'm super happy to be on here. I've never been on this podcast, but I've listened to it many times. Well, we yeah. thank you for listening for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're excited to have you on. I think you kind of painted a beautiful segue to our topic today of not really feeling like you want to be on top of your programming and hitting your protocols, but also kind of dealing with the fact that like, it's not necessarily always going to be a feeling of motivation that drives us to want to be better. And like other Brit was saying about like developing and refining your discipline, especially during like the winter months, when things slow down, when the sun doesn't pop up at like six in the morning and, you know, we're kind of like slowing things down. And so really having the discussion, especially when it comes to around the holiday season about still prioritizing yourself and staying on top of your programming and your protocols for you. 
mm-hmm. understanding that, you know, yes, new year, new you, but let's not just take that mindset and wait to the new year. Let's finish the rest of this year, 2022 and roll in 2023 being even better versions of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Brit Sederholm, that, that's your last name, right? I'm saying that right, right? Cedarholm. Cedarholm, yeah. damn. Damn, not even close. Not even well, close. it doesn't look the way it should. It's Cedarholm, it should be with like a C, like the wood cedar. Yes. Home, like a normal home. <laughs> but mine is completely not spelled that way. So appreciate your patience. Trying to be unique. Trying to be unique in all right. <laughs> Well, Britt, you are our special guest today. I'd love to hear kind of your perspective when it comes to coaching clients, especially because you specialize working with lifestyle athletes. How do you kind of approach the conversation when you can tell that like, they're not necessarily dropping like flies, but you can tell that like, you know, when someone's on their programming and they're like on their shit and they start to kind of like dwindle down, like, what does that conversation look like? What do you tell your athletes that struggle with wanting to hit their programming? Yeah. That is a great question. Um, I think like with everything in coaching, it depends, right? Depends on the situation, the client, what phase they're in, what their goals are in. Um, But I think the most important thing to get them to understand is that those moments will happen. It's really not a matter of if, it's not the fact that they aren't always working hard enough, not the fact that they don't want it enough or that they're not motivated, you know, all these buzzwords that people like to throw out, but it's more so the fact that like, hey, this is a very normal thing. And when anybody gets started on whatever it is, any kind of new goal, but especially with any kind of health and fitness goal, people start off stoked. They are excited. They want that change. They are quote unquote, super motivated. And that is awesome. Take that and run with that. Use that to build your discipline and your foundation, but know that you won't always feel that way straight up full stop. You will not always feel that way. Um, so I think getting them to understand like, Hey, this doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. This doesn't mean you're failing or that your fitness journey isn't being successful. Understanding that that will happen and knowing that just because you don't want to doesn't mean that you shouldn't is going to play a big role there, right? Um, So I think, like I said, like number one, getting them to understand that fact. But then number two, like, bringing some enjoyment back into it, you know, like maybe it's getting them to remember their why. Maybe it's asking them, Hey, have your goals changed? Like, does this, does your outcome that you want look different or where, where have you lost the fun in this? Like, where have you lost the, um, the, the pride in checking those boxes and doing the work, even though you don't want to, like, can we pinpoint where that is and just bring some freaking fun to it, you know, have, have something that they look forward to. And maybe it's programming it, maybe it's pulling some of their programs so that they can focus on things outside of training and eating. Right. So it's going to depend on the person, but really figuring out a way to bring some enjoyment back to it, I think is important. I think you're so right in saying that it's a very normal thing 
to mm-hmm. not always be elated to do things. Yes. Um, it's especially like for me in bodybuilding, like mm-hmm. I haven't been in love with bodybuilding in years, in probably a couple of years now, but my discipline extends far beyond when I feel like doing something. Um, it's literally like, this is my lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And so I think when people first start, they expect that, that honeymoon phase all the time. And they expect that people that are into this are always feeling that way. And that's just not the case. It's not the case at all. Um, and so you're so right in saying it's very normal. This is normal thing, but how do we circumvent and how do we bring enjoyment back for you personally in your, in your journey through your lifestyle goals? Right. Yeah. I love that. I I think the term you use to the honeymoon phase is so perfect so perfect for that situation because now you can relate it to different aspects of your life right like hey first of all this there's no way that this is the first time this has ever happened for you where you feel this slump maybe it's the first time you've felt it in your health and fitness journey but i guarantee you felt it in your professional life you felt it in your personal life you felt it in your relationships like the danger isn't in having those slumps. The danger is in quitting when you have those slumps. And mm-hmm. that goes to all aspects of life, right? Like the honeymoon phase in every relationship, it's not always going to look the same, you know, mm-hmm. as it did when you were six months in versus six years, 16 years. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that mean you just quit because there's that little slump? Or do you keep putting in the work into that relationship because it's, it's a part of what you want, who you are, your values, et cetera. Well, right. And you have to be able to value working on it. Like, like, just like, you know, you're talking about a relationship or like, however, we're going to correlate it. You have to be okay and accepting the fact that it is normal and you will have to work on it. You will have to find a way. Like for me, for example, what reinvigorated my love was, putting myself in a situation where I have other people who are also sharing this, Um, you know, so that was a big thing for me. And that's sometimes for lifestyle athletes, similar. Um, They might need a community. Maybe they feel alone. Maybe it's that thing. Um, But they don't know yet, like when it's, when these things are normal and when they're not. Um, And so I think like understanding that is just huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, completely agree. Completely agree. And when it comes to especially like gen pop lifestyle athletes, like their programming is not necessarily as urgent as bodybuilders. So like obviously Brit and I like kind of other Brit and I work with like also seasoned competitors or new competitors that are trying to adopt this, like all or nothing mindset, which can be very, very dangerous because that can lead to burnout so, so quickly. And when they hit these slumps, they hit them hard. Um, and it's really difficult to kind of pull them out of it because they think that, they're failing themselves. They're failing us as coaches. Maybe they're failing the team and it can be really, really difficult to, like I said, like help to navigate out through this slump, which is why having that open communication with your client and having that open door policy being like, listen, like I'm here to talk with you. I'm not going to be your therapist, but if there are things that we are doing that are detracting from your life and making you more stressed out, I need to know so we can work together as a team 
to navigate that and help to pull you out of this slump. And so it kind of goes back to what Britt and I were talking about last week about how an athlete kind of has to have enough self-awareness to know what they need to be able to succeed and be able to trust their coach enough and trust themselves enough to start that conversation. Because I think there can be a lot of fear mongering about like, oh, I don't want to bring this up to my coach because I don't want to seem like, you know, a pussy or a little bitch. And it's like, well, it's not, it shouldn't be framed like that. It's like, well, I'm hiring my coach to help me with my goals. And if I'm struggling, they need to know because, you know, they want me to succeed as much as I want myself to succeed as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. I think, um, especially when you compare it to competitive athletes versus lifestyle, it's harder for lifestyle to get back on the train because they feel that they don't have a reason. And sometimes their, their why isn't hard enough. I mean, mm-hmm. their why isn't, isn't, um, strong enough. Yeah. Um, and with competitors, their reasoning is kind of always there. Like yeah. they could just use the stage as a reason. They're like, okay, I want to look better for my next, my next presentation. Right. But when it comes to lifestyle athletes, they don't have that. And so in order to hone in on that as a coach is really, really difficult. It's like, okay, it's kind of like, as on, it's, we're not therapists, but sometimes you need to ask the right questions. Oh yeah. Um, and it, it becomes a little bit like therapy because you're developing a person you're making, you're having them think you're like, okay, like, what is your why here? Why did you start this? And then you get into uh, healing and shit like that. Like it's, it's crazy. Um, because, so lifestyle coaching is much different than competitive coaching. <clears throat> Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so when it comes to this kind of underlying topic of like, not feeling like you want to do something because you're not feeling it, it's like, well, why are you not feeling it? Like what is going on right now that is kind of shifting your focus? And I would say distracting you from wanting to work on yourself. And that's where, like Britt said, asking those better questions, like what's going on in your personal life, or maybe it's your career or something like that, where they are essentially focusing on something else and not prioritizing themselves. And so they maybe start missing meals or they start going off plan, or maybe they're not really training with the right level of intensity that, you know, damn well, they can bring. So that's where having those like you know, honest conversations about, Hey, what's up? Like, I'm a person, you're a person. Let's chat about it because I want you to succeed. So what's causing you to feel distracted. So that way we can kind of work together as a team, maybe rework some things, or maybe just rework your mindset. So that way we can get back on the same page of helping you to prioritize yourself. Um, I know a lot of coaches and myself included, we talk about like that airplane example, where it's like when you're riding in an airplane and they talk about the oxygen max deploying, it's like, well, before you start assisting little Timmy, like put the damn mask on yourself. So that way you're not passed out while little Timmy is like trying to fumble around the oxygen bag. You know, it's like, put it on yourself first. So that way all the areas in your life that need your attention and need it to be like full on, you can give because you yourself are first taken care of. Yeah. The thing is is too, is that people will fall off or athletes will fall off lifestyle particular. Um, and they won't want to get back on until they feel bad enough. They have to feel bad enough about themselves. Uh, this goes for competitors too. They have to feel bad enough for what's been going on and, or see themselves and be like, I don't like that for them to get back on. Um, so they, they sort of dig themselves a hole doing that because they might have regressed a lot. 
like during that time, you see people like this when after the holidays. So we'll talk about like holiday things, right? Um, after the holidays, people usually don't get back on until maybe February, March, but that's when they feel bad enough. Um, and so it's kind of unhealthy because it keeps them in a, this circular loop of not being able to get to where they want to go because they wait until they feel shitty enough to get back on the train. Yes, I completely agree. I think I've even said that a few times for myself personally, where it was like some of my biggest wake up calls was because I let certain aspects of my life get so bad that I was forced to make that change and make that change for good. And I love so much what both of you said, because you're right. Like, First of all, there's a big difference between coaching competitors being a competitor and coaching lifestyle clients and being a lifestyle client. While there's a lot of like foundational similarities, you know, there are there are those differences. And I think it is so good to point out what you said, Brittany, when you said you are helping these clients become more self-aware. You are asking the questions to get them to ask themselves a little bit deeper. Okay, where have things kind of changed? And what you were saying, Ashley, with being like, okay, well, what else is happening in your personal life? And that is like the number one thing I notice, especially with lifestyle clients, um, when it comes to getting in one of those slumps, not, not wanting to do their protocols the way they used to. And it typically happens during a time where it's like, okay, you're moving, you're redoing an entire house, you're having a baby, you lost your job, you're getting a new job, like these big life changes, these big life hurdles that are kind of piling up. And it's like taking that moment to teach the client and get them to understand the self-awareness of like, hey, is right now even the best time for you to be like beating yourself up about your health and fitness goals? Is it the right time to be going 150% when you know for damn sure that your current schedule won't allow that? You're literally setting yourself up for disappointment, setting yourself up for failure in those moments instead of taking a step back and realizing, okay, when is the time to push and when is the time to pull? In the situation I'm in right now, what can I control? What can I put? hundred percent of my effort into and what do I need to maybe pull back on just for the time being so that I don't burn out so that I don't fall into this all or nothing mentality so that I don't get to a place where it's so bad that I've regressed and now I have to restart and it's worse than it was when I first started you know right yeah I, I think initially when people sign up for coaching um lifestyle or competitive, they think that that's going to be their life. Like that, whatever they get from their coach, that's all they're going to do. And they don't realize that they have so many other things going on that at some point it might have to take a back seat and that's okay. The job of the coach is to be able to help you circumvent those issues and help you to navigate them. Um, and then until eventually you're able to put yourself first enough to be able to navigate them yourself. Um, but I think like it's a little bit unrealistic to think that when you start with your coach and when you're in that like honeymoon phase, like I'm saying, you are only going to be focused on that and that's it. There's no work. There's no nothing else because you're so excited about it. And then life starts happening and you're like, holy shit, like this is a lot to juggle. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I know we're going to get people asking us, 
that maybe are afraid to get in this slum or maybe are already in this slum. And of course, like to some extent, like slums are unavoidable. Like it's a natural process of being human to kind of like fall out of love with something, get out of that honeymoon phase. But for someone that is maybe starting to feel like they're in the slum or maybe want to try to avoid really regressing, what are some tips you think that we could provide them so that way they're able to like circumnavigate that? So for example, like remembering your why, whether you're a lifestyle athlete or a competitor, like why are you doing this journey? Like, why did you hire a coach? Like what was going on in your life? Really like, you know what? No, I want to prioritize myself. I want to invest in myself so I can do what needs to get done and take care of myself. So that's a good tip. But what are some other things that we can kind of like help them with? I've got two off the top of my head. Um, The first one being kind of reframing for the period of time, not saying forever, but reframing for this period of time that you're in, what success looks like for you in that moment, right? Finding the areas that they can give 100% in, finding the areas that they can find that success in, and honing in on that, making those the top priority, making those be something to be proud of. Because again, like Brittany was saying, like life happens, you know, you start your program and it's your main focus, your main priority, but three months, six months, a year down the road, you're like, holy smokes, this is a lot to juggle, right? So finding what, what defines your success in your progress for different phases of your progress. So that would be my number one. And then honestly, my number two is just bringing some fun back to it. Like if you hate training right now, let's find a way to make it fun. If we need to take a week and like, I keep your volume and your frequency the same, but you go in and you choose, you know, two or three movements that you have fun doing one week, it's not going to make or break you. Like, let's bring some fun back into it. Let's focus on getting super strong. Let's focus on, you know, just a PR throughout the week. Like that's just on the training side, but finding some fun in it, I think is really important during those slumps. What about you, Brett? Um, I think for me, I love what you said about, um, changing, like what does success look like for you? So for me, I might change goals. Um, and because, because the more you check in with me and you're not doing what you're, what you feel you're supposed to be doing. And you feel like every time you check in with me, you failed. There's a problem. There's a problem. We need to fix it. Um, and so usually what I will do is just change what, what our goals are right there. So if I know that my athlete is going to be traveling for the next two weeks, okay, we can't, we can't expect that they're going to hit every single protocol perfectly. I mean, if they're not in a contest prep, they probably won't. Okay. So our goal might be to instead maintain the progress that we have. And we might focus only on expenditure with steps, maybe if you're on a meal plan, we'll instead move to macros. Um, and we will focus on just training with whatever equipment that we have access to. Um, and so that changes the narrative to feeling like I'm not successful because I'm not in the gym that I normally am at to I'm successful because I got this workout in. Um, now when you check in, you feel good about what you've done, because if you don't feel good about what you've done every single week, 
you're not going to like being coached. It's just, it, it is what it is. You're going to start blaming the coach. You're going to start blaming your life circumstances. Um, and my thing is, is that you're not going to blame me. Like, <laughs> so, so we're going to change this so that it's doable for you so that you're not sitting there. Like what I'm doing is just, it's, it's it just can't happen right now. Right. Um, so I like just giving more realistic expectations. Um, and also like, I agree with having that sense of fun with it. Um, so for athletes that, you know, you might give uh, certain foods to, and maybe they say like, I'm tired of doing this, you know, the, the idea. And so it's fun. So if like, if I took, for example, cooking away from someone because I'm having them eat, um, foods that are low FODMAP, whatever. So they generally don't cook anymore. Their quality of life goes down if they enjoy cooking. So what do we do? We might add in some, we might add in some um, meals where they can just track um, and be able to be flexible with what they're able to eat in that meal. Mm -hmm. um, there are some athletes that are just going to want to stick to the same meals and that's, that works for them. Um, but the idea is if you are losing out on play um, during your, during your protocols, like cooking, like socializing during training, that's play. Um, you're not going to have fun. So inserting those things is going to be really important. No, I love that. These are all really great, you know, key points to take away kind of during this, this slump feeling where, you know, you need to be doing what you're doing, but you don't feel like it. And I think it gives the people kind of like some direction as to, you know, what it might look like if they're working with a coach. And if it's not like you, you aren't having the conversation with your coach and you feel like you're unable to how that also might be kind of like some red flags from an athlete's perspective, because when it comes to your relationship with your coach, it is a relationship and you want to make sure that you are helping the client and the athlete feel like they're being coached to their goals and, and navigating kind of complex life scenarios. When you feel like you were no longer kind of in love with what you're doing and how alterations can be made. And this is especially important when kind of like navigating the holidays. And we don't necessarily need to talk about like exactly do's and don'ts of holidays, but in terms of just like some general tips, Britt, Cedarholm, okay. um, what are some like some maybe cute, uh, cute tips that you are thinking of implementing with your clients or maybe some previous conversations that you've had with them being like, Hey, this is how to best navigate the holidays that way. Like as 2020 dwindles down and 2023 starts anew, we're, they're not that client that like hops back in it in mm -hmm. February. Totally. Um, people are probably going to get so sick of hearing me say this, but it is a hill that I will die on. The holidays aren't going anywhere. The holidays, the birthdays, the events, the special occasions, they are not going anywhere, nowhere. They have been here forever. There's no way they're leaving. It is time to figure out how to actually manage all of them, how to manage your goals alongside of these events. It's time to get realistic with what that looks like. If you are somebody who, uh, I used this, the an analogy the other day on my Instagram, but if you're somebody who is in the driver's seat as the client and I am in the passenger seat as the GPS being your coach and you're telling me this is what I want, you're starting your fitness goals, um, you know, right before the holidays or it's your first time approaching the holidays while on your health and fitness journey and you're telling me here's where I want to go. Awesome. 
I've got a lot of ways to get there. Now, do you want to go the route where it is like you are taking the highway? You know, there's more police on this route. So you have to be more like, I guess you could say, quote unquote, strict with how you're driving, um, meaning there's probably less room for flexibility. Um, but do you want to take that highway route and get there faster with less flexibility, less sightseeing, as I said before, or is it taking more of the scenic route? You're going to figure out how to manage those holidays. You're going to figure out, okay, I can enjoy here and here. I can control this area better. Um, I can be more precise with my choices, with my meals, with my training during this time. And I can enjoy this time. It might take me longer. There might be a little more trial and error. I might have to learn how to change the tire on this scenic route, but it's gonna be more beautiful and I'm still gonna to get to my final destination. So number one, understanding that these aren't going anywhere. And at some point you have to figure out how to integrate them into your goals. And number two, figuring out realistically, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I, I think that um, there are some athletes that are gonna to be totally fine staying on the protocol during the holidays, you know, and it's important to ask them ahead of time, like. I've been having com these conversations now and it's, it's October because mm -hmm. if, if I know you want flexibility and you're dieting right now, we need to probably start reversing your calories back up. Um, because then we're safely able to play a little bit mm -hmm. with intake with, we know that you will probably under eat actually more, more than likely. Um, and some of you might overeat, but if I'm reversing you back up right now, it's not going to be as detrimental, detrimental metabolically when you do decide to go off plan. Um, so these are conversations like that athletes need to communicate prior to the holidays start happening so that you as a coach can be smart about how you navigate their protocols as well. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to kind of conclude this. Um, Britt, where can the people find you? Like, you're obviously a dynamite life, uh, lifestyle coach. We've seen amazing transformations for you. So where, where can the people find you? Thank you so much. I completely forgot to introduce myself at the beginning. I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. My name's Britt, Coach Britt. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Britt Cedarholm. My last name is tough though. So hopefully um, Ashley and Brittany will be nice enough to put my name in the description. Oh, the for podcast. sure. For sure. Um, but I've got a link tree on there. You can DM me. You can go to uh, the link and inquire, inquire for coaching if you sound or if you feel like I'd be a good fit for you. Um, but yeah, I mainly show up on Instagram. Sometimes I feel like when I like open up my Instagram for the day. I feel like I'm clocking into work and like oh saying my, hi to oh my, my coworkers. God. Like you guys, even though I don't necessarily work with you right now, it's That's like, so related. My That's literally how I feel. Like when I open up my Instagram, it's like, it's really hard to not view it. It's really hard to not view Instagram as work. Like oh. it's, I mean, it's basically, it's basically work. It like for a post, it's part of your job to be able to educate and give viable information during the week and during your weekends and stuff. It's like a 24 hour job that people don't understand. I'm not just posting shit just to post shit. I'm posting shit so that you can actually learn. Like these are intentional things. Yeah. Um, and I definitely feel like when I come on Instagram, I'm saying hi to everybody. Yep. Like, Hey, how you doing? You there? Like, and it's like, 
not actually happening. <laughs> I love that. That's, no. that's how it is for us in our heads. It's our world. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. No. That's well, so I funny. love it. And thank you guys so much for having me. This is really cool. Like I said, I've listened to this podcast many times. This is my first experience being on it. So I really, really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Where can the people listen to you and your podcast? Oh my God, I do have a podcast. (laughs) So my podcast is on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's called the Show Up For Yourself podcast. Um, I do talk, you know, of course, a lot about health and fitness, but a lot of it is, you know, mental mind shifts, perspectives, Mm -hmm. lifestyle, spirituality, all of that good stuff. And I do have a third episode dropping this next Monday. It's a big one. I, it is a solo episode. It's longer than I have done in the past. Um, and it's very vulnerable. It's a little bit weird for me to, to even say like, I'm nervous being vulnerable because I feel like I do show up on my social media in that way, but it's not always easy. And I'm, I'm really excited to put this episode out. I think it'll be very helpful for people who are kind of in the thick of it and going through it. And to remember that to keep going, there is, there is something on the other side. So I'm excited to put that one out. I love it. Thanks so much for your time today. And I'm excited to listen to your podcast and to promote that and to continue to support you guys. But literally guys, hire coach Brit, hire other coach Brit, hire me. I promise you, like you'll be in good hands, but we will catch you next time. And in two or three episodes, I don't know the weeks, we will have a really big special guest and I'm really excited, but I'm not going to announce it yet, but we will catch you next time. Do you want to do the outro? You just you just scream peace and you do this. I scream peace? Well, I mean, you have to scream it, but like, be proud. Peace! Be proud. <laughs>